Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. And it's great to see all of our, uh, everybody here, of course, all of you. Amen. It's so wonderful whether you uh, haven't been here for a while or you come every week. We're so glad to see you. Amen. All of our guests, we're so glad that that you're here. And uh, if you haven't been here for a while, uh, welcome. And we hope you'll come again soon. Amen. Because God's house needs you. And we need you. Amen. And we want to see you here. Praise God. Amen. We want this family to grow. Praise God. It's God's will for the family to grow. Amen. God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. All the time. All the time. Amen. Let's stand again, if you would, with me. And I'm just going to go right to the word of the Lord. We're turning to the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 33. Book of Ezekiel, chapter number 33. And verse 10, he said, Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts in his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered, but for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Again, when I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right, if the wicked restore the pledge and give again that he had robbed and walk in the statutes of life, Without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins that he had committed shall be mentioned unto him. He had done that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Oh, God, I pray, let us just for just a few moments sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now with no distraction, amen, with no hindrance, God, as we focus on the presence of God and the Word of God. Let the anointing God flow through our hearts and minds and help us to receive this Word in Jesus' name, amen, and let something well up inside of us that we, oh God, would get a hold of, amen, of what we're going to talk about in Jesus' name, I pray. Hallelujah to God, hallelujah to God, hallelujah to God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. 
Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to preach on the subject, finish strong. Finish strong. Amen. You know, when it comes to long distance races, it's not how the runners always start that matters most, but how they finish. There are several things that successful runners all have to possess when they are in the race. Discipline, focus, and a deep desire to finish the race, no matter what happens during the race. There's been so many things that happen to runners during races, things that they didn't even plan for, things that come out of left field, things that are like hard to believe. Amen. You know, many runners, they start long-distance races badly. Amen. Just have a bad day or they make mistakes during the race. Maybe they had unforeseen things happen to them beyond their control, which would include fatigue or dehydration, side aches, or even falling in the middle of the race. And yet, through all of that, they were still able to overcome these obstacles and win the race. Earlier this year at Harvard... A runner named Kirian uh, Tunavati was only about 500 meters into a 3,000-meter race when one of his shoes fell off. He knew that if he would try to stop and put his shoe back on, he wouldn't have a prayer of getting any kind of a, a, a medal in that race. Amen. So he kept running the remaining 2,500 meters on one bare foot on that hard track, and it pretty much chewed up his foot really bad. But he not only finished the race, he got first place in the race with one bare foot that needed serious medical attention after that. And that guy not only won that race, the next day he ran in a 5,000-meter race, and he did really good in that one with a bad foot. Amen. I'm telling you, with God's help, we can finish the race. And we need to finish it strong. Amen. In 1972, Finland's Lasse Viren was in fifth place at the halfway point of the 10,000 meter race at the Munich Olympic Games when his heel was clipped by another runner and he went crashing hard to the track. He got right back up and within just a thousand meters he overtook the first place runner and never looked back and went on to win that race and get the gold. In 2008, Heather Dornaden took a bad fall during a 600-meter Big Ten college final race and amazingly got right back up. She was two-thirds into that 600 meters and only had 200 meters to catch four other runners. And she went, and at the last second, she got boom in her, just a photo finish in her head, just crossed after, uh, uh, right before that, that second runner, and she got first place. Amen. A sports reporter made this observation about runners that fall in a race. He said, sometimes they stay on the ground, and sometimes they get up and win. I want to talk to people that don't want to stay on the ground. I want to talk to a group of people they're going to get up and win. Amen. I don't care what happens to you in the race. I don't care if your shoe falls off. I don't care if somebody on accident or on purpose trips you up. 
I don't care if something happens, you get sick or this or somebody betrays you. Amen. It's your race and it's God's race and we need to finish it for him and finish it strong. Amen. Life is sort of like a long distance race. It's definitely not a hundred yard dash. It's more like a marathon. And though it's vitally important to get a good start in the race. Amen. We all hope for a good start. We all hope for good parents to give us a good start. We all hope for good atmosphere and good people in our lives in those first formative years to give us a good start. Amen. But sometimes it's not all rosy posy. Sometimes it's hard time. Sometimes it's broken homes and broken families and this and that and whatever. Amen. But uh, it doesn't mean we cannot change and do things differently as we want run life's race and that we make course corrections and we get, amen, the real focus of the race. Amen. This life is a race. Amen. But God created the race. Hallelujah. And we got to get him in our lives so that he can help us run this race right and win the race. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ecclesiastes 7.1 said, A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Amen. How we end life's race is much more important than how we started. Praise God. I'm not saying it might not, it's not going to be a challenge if we had a hard start to make some corrections. It's not easy when you get older and try to change. Praise God. But it's doable because nothing's impossible when God is in the equation. Amen. But I'm telling you, it's not all about our birth. Hey, yeah, we have a birthday. We get presents and cake and all that stuff. And everybody's all over the place. And woo, yeah, all right. And we didn't do nothing. We just come flying out into the picture, the catcher's mitt. Amen. And hey, here we are. Hey, throw me a party every year. You know, I did look at all look at what I did. Amen. But it's what how we finish. Amen. It's what you do after you're old enough to know right from wrong. It's what you do, amen, with your life. It's how you treat people, amen. And it's also how you understand what your purpose is, amen, and how you treat your God, praise God, amen. It's important we learn as we go and make the necessary adjustments to be able to win the race. So what constitutes winning life's race? First and foremost, we need to run the race the way Amen. God wants us to run it. And we need to finish the race the way God wants us to finish it. He's the one that created it. He's the one that designed it. It has to be run in a particular way so that we can win. Amen. The Bible talks about, amen, how to successfully run this race. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 said, Wherefore seen, we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So many people that have gone before us, amen, that have run the race right, that we can look to for examples and encouragement. He said, because of that, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run this race with patience. Amen. How are we going to do that? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. That's how I'm going to run. That's how I'm going to throw every weight and every sin. And I'm going to run it with patience. I might fall down, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep running, praise God. Because I'm going to look to Jesus, praise God. He's the author 
and the finisher. Amen. He's the beginner of my faith and he's going to help me finish it. But I got to want to finish strong for him to finish it with me. Amen. He won't finish it unless I want it to finish too. Amen. Because we got to lighten our load as we run. You can't run with a backpack full of rocks. Praise God. We need to have patience as we run. Amen. You can't run with all, it's all, all your heart and all your, your strength every second of the way. You got to rest sometimes. You got to wait on God sometimes. You got to be still and know that I am God sometimes. Amen. You got to get in his word. You got to do different things. And we need to look straight on him. Amen. Don't look at the wave over there. Don't look at the typhoon over there. Don't look at the tornado on the mountain and the big monster over there. Praise God. I'm going to look at Jesus. I don't want anything. Amen. To cause me not to run this race for him. The Bible says that we're not to run uncertainly or in vain. Don't run haphazardly without a plan. Don't run empty or ineffectively. In a typical distance race, only one person can receive first prize and be declared the winner. Amen. 1 Corinthians 9.24 said, Know you not that they which run in a race run all? They all run, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. In other words, hey, he, he's saying, yeah, only one gets the prize, but you know what? When you get in God's race, hey, man, why don't you run to obtain first prize? And even though you, what you don't understand is God's race is different than a typical race. It's not gold and silver and bronze. It's not first, second, and third. It's, amen, you run for God, amen, when you cross the finish line, you win, praise God, and you win, and you win, and you win. We all win, praise God. Matthew 10, He that endureth till the end shall be saved. Amen. Hang on there. They don't care if you get a siding. It doesn't matter what's going on. You just keep running this race for Jesus. Amen. You're probably wondering, what does all this race stuff have to do with what you read in Ezekiel? I didn't hear nothing about a race in there. Don't worry, I'm getting to it. Amen. Praise God. So not only do we need to run this race for God and with God, we got to finish strong. Finish strong. Amen. You know, they talk about that runner's second wind. They talk about this something that just you muster up inside of you. Amen. And you just, you're just going to get to that finish line. Galatians 5, 7. I'm not going to let nothing hinder me. Amen. You did run well. What did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? I'm not going to let anything hinder me in this race. Amen. We can't let anything. Praise God because we're looking unto Jesus. Praise God. Don't let anything pull you from the truth and pull you. Amen. Because the race is going to be a race no matter what. Life is a race. I'm talking about finding out how to run it the best way. I'm talking about finding it, how to run it God's way. Amen. So that you'll have the, the best race Amen, that you can have. And then at the finish line, it's not over. Amen, you're going to be with with him in glory forever someday. Don't allow anything to stop you from running and finishing the race. Praise God. Don't be like the, you know, the tortoise and the hare. Remember that story? The hare, he... That rabbit, he thought, you know, man, I am like 50 million times faster than that tortoise. And so, you know, he saw a little, you know, uh, easy chair over here, and he just took a little nap. And then he went over there and, you know, went you know, over to the, uh, 
you know, the, the veggie bar over there and got himself a bunch of cabbage and, you know, some carrots and all kinds of stuff. And he just, you know, having, you know, some nice, uh, you know, uh, smoothies, you know, and uh, carrot smoothie and all that kind of stuff, just living it up. And, and there he saw that, you know, that, that oh, you know, tortoise, you know, do, do, dee, do, dee, do, dee, do, you do, you know, going about, you know, you know a, a snail with a hurt uh, little tail was, you know, blowing right by the tortoise. That's how slow the tortoise was going. Amen. But, uh, you know, he, he, he got decided he'd run the race wrong, and he lost the race. Amen. Distractions, and when we think that we can do it our own, we can't. We've got to have God. Amen. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. It's the race. He's going to help us finish the race. Don't let anything or anyone stop you from running and finishing the race strong. Ecclesiastes 9.11 the wise man said, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth unto them all. Don't trust in your speed, Mr. Hare or Miss Hare, amen. Don't trust, amen, in your strength to, to win the battle or to win the race. Amen. You're going to win the race because of the God factor. You're going to win the battle because of the God factor. Amen. Not because you think, I know how to do this. I've been racing all my life. That's like when Jesus told professional fishermen how to fish. That had to hurt. Peter, James, and John, you know, here he is, you know, I thought you, you know, you're a cabinet maker, you know, I thought you're Joseph, I taught you how to, you know, you're a carpenter's son, you know, and you don't be telling me how to fish, you, you know they were thinking that, and they fished all night and caught nothing, he said, just put your net right there, <laughs> all right, we'll do it, he's, he's the master, and then they caught such a, a great amount of fish, the boat was almost going under, because they couldn't handle that amount, amen, and that's when Peter came and said, Lord, depart from me, I'm a man, you know, I'm a un- man of unclean lips and all that kind of stuff or whatever. And he said, hey, don't worry about it. Amen. I, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I'll help you. you know, you're going to be fishers of men. I'll tell you how to run the race. You don't worry about it. Amen. I don't care if we think we know how to run the race. Amen. Or we know we've been taught by the best. God is the only one that can navigate through life's crazy situations in this race. Amen. The Bible said, be strong in the Lord and the power is might. Only God can help me win this race. Okay, now to the text passage. You know, Ezekiel thirty-three eleven. it said, Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I, I love when I read that. You know, people say, well, yeah, God just want to put it to everybody. And God just, you know, with a big hammer. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He doesn't want people going to hell. He's got no pleasure in that. But he can't help it if they don't want to finish strong. If they don't want to run the race like he, they're supposed to and that they're designed to. But he said, but if the wicked turn from his way and live, turn ye. Turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? He goes on to say, if the righteous person, for whatever reason, been going all along the way, doing pretty good, and decides to stop living righteously, for whatever reason, before God, and then he finishes the race in that situation, in that state of heart and mind and soul, amen, his past righteousness will not save him from God's judgment. Because it's how you finish, it's not how you start. 
Yeah, but they did so many good for so many years. It doesn't matter. We got to be on our toes today, folks. We got to be doing good tomorrow. Amen. Doesn't matter. Well, you won souls yesterday. You did all that good stuff. Yeah, but I can't quit now. Amen. I've come too far. Praise God. We're almost at the finish line. I see the finish line. It's coming close. I got to be more strong, not less. He then said, the past wickedness of the wicked will not condemn him at the day of judgment if he decides to make it right with God and start living righteously for God before he finishes the race. If the wicked will turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right, if he or she will walk in the statutes of life and not commit iniquity, he shall surely live. He will not die. In other words, he's going to win the race. Yeah, but he... you. Man, I, you've seen that guy. He was for years. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't matter. What's he doing right now? What's he doing right now? Before he crosses the finish line. Amen. None of his sins, the Bible said, that he had committed in the past shall be mentioned unto him. They're not going to be right there at judgment. They're going to be gone. He had done that which is lawful and right. He shall surely live. In other words, he's going to win the race. Amen. You know, there's a parable in Matthew 20 about a man that owned a vineyard and it was ready for harvest and he needed workers. So at sunrise, 6 a.m., beginning of the workday, he found a group of men. He said, hey, if you'll work 12 hours, the whole shift, the whole day for me in my vineyard, I'll pay you. And back then, you know, I know this sounds really cheap because it's a penny, but it's not like our penny, so... Don't worry about it. Amen. It's like, hey, I'm not working 12. I'm not working five seconds for a penny, okay? I don't even pick it up. It might hurt my back. I'm not picking up that penny. But this penny was, it, back then, it was a, known as a day's wage, a penny, okay? So they agreed for a day's wage. Everybody shook hands, and they went out to work. Well, the, the guy said, man, I'm going to need more guys. I, I, you know, the time's flying by. At 9 o'clock in the morning, he found some other guys in the marketplace. Hey, you guys want to work? Go out and work until the rest of the day in my vineyard, and I'll give you what's right. He didn't even agree on a price. And then at 12 noon, said he found some other guys. He goes, hey, I need some more guys out there. This is, I got more grapes than I thought I needed, than I thought I had to harvest. And at 12 noon, some more guys say, you work till the rest of the day. Work till 6 p.m., and then I'll pay you what's right. Amen. And then at 3 p.m., he did another group of people. He went up, hey, I need you guys get in there and start working. Amen. And you you just work till 6 o'clock, and I'll pay you what's right. And at 5 o'clock, one hour before quitting time, one hour before sunset, he went and found some last group of guys. He said, you know what? I just need a little oomph to get over the finish line here. He goes, you guys go out there and work in my vineyard, and I'll give you what's right. Amen. Only the first group was promised the wage. All the rest were told they'll receive what's right. At 6 p.m. at sunset, the owner of the vineyard called the workers over to pay them, and he did something very peculiar. He called the ones that only worked an hour and began to pay them first. He paid them the whole penny that those first group was agreed upon. And then when he got to that first group, which was the last to be paid, they all said to themselves, man, if he gave them a penny and they only worked one hour, woo, he must be changing his mind and we're going to have some good stuff because we worked 12 hours. And he goes, here's your penny that we agreed on. What? What a ripoff. 
what is this? These guys worked an hour, and we worked 12 hours and bore the heat of the day, and you go and give. Did I wrong you? Did I not tell you? This is what we agreed on. Amen. They were shocked and they were amazed. Amen. They began to murmur and complain. Praise God. How could he possibly give them the same? Praise God. But you know what? The owner said basically, what I do with my stuff is my business. And how I decide to reward those that work for me is totally up to me. Because if you read that passage in Ezekiel, when God was telling them about the righteousness of the righteous and the wickedness of the wicked, and how this was going to happen, if that happened, if that was going to happen, if that happened, and the Bible says right there, the people said, God is not doing fairly about this situation. God's not righteously working this out. That's not fair. God isn't fair according to our fairness. God is just according to the way He operates. Amen. Praise God. So in other words, what he was saying was it doesn't matter at what point somebody starts running the race for Jesus. Amen. Whether it's early in their life or later in their life, if they get in it for him, they're in it. Amen. And they're going to get rewarded. Praise God. Amen. You know, about three weeks ago, we met a man named Gilbert Reyes. I did. And Arnold, obviously, was his cousin for many years, but he had, you know, off and on and been in contact with him. And then there would be times where there was no contact and stuff. And this three weeks ago, he, he was in a bad physical shape and all kinds of shape. He was in bad shape everywhere. Which way? And, and he reached out to his cousin. Amen. Amen. And that began, hallelujah, a, a time where Gilbert... Hallelujah, decided to get in the race. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, well, what about his past? Yeah, what about his past? It's not going to be mentioned. Well, well, what? Well, oh, what? There's no well. That's the way it is. Amen. Well, three weeks. Hey, I didn't make up the rules. We're working for the boss here. We're waiting for the guy that's doling out the rewards. Amen. The saying, well done. And hey, you're well done. Enter in the joy of thy Lord. He's the one that's calling the shots. Praise God. Amen. And when Gilbert reaches out to his cousin, things were going fast. There wasn't a whole lot of time. He reached out. Amen. He was in the hospital. He was let out of the hospital with not much hope at all. Amen. Full of cancer. He went and stayed with his cousin for a few days. And then they had some Spanish Bible study. And the Sanchez's came over and prayed with him and prayed over him. Amen. And that was Thursday. And then he came and was baptized in the name of Jesus after he repented from his sins. With his whole heart and all his life, he never wanted to play with God. He was either the yes or no. He didn't want to be one of those that said, yeah, I just want the appearance of looking like I was with God or whatever. He didn't want to be a hypocrite. Amen. But this time he wasn't. This time he wasn't playing. Praise God. This time he was in it. Amen. And yeah, it was the 11th hour. It was right before sunset. It was right before the finish line for him. Amen. But he came and he was baptized. Amen. And he got in the race. He got in the race. Come on in. You got. Come on in the vineyard. Yeah, come on. We need everybody. Yep, you qualify. Come on in. Praise God. 
He got in the race. Praise God. And sadly, sadly he crossed the finish line. Amen. Sooner than we all hoped. Amen. We wish we could have got to know him better. Amen. I got to see him that morning that he died. And got to meet some of his family. And we prayed with him, prayed over him, and prayed with each other. Amen. But he passed away this past Monday night, a little after 10 o'clock. But hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what about Gilbert? We've been doing this. What about Gilbert? He said he's going to do what's right. I'll give you what's right. (laughs) What's going to happen? God's going to give him what's right. Well, it's fair to God. Well, it don't make sense to me. It's fair to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What I'm trying to tell you is, first of all, we don't want to be like the prodigal son's brother who gets all upset when his brother comes home and gets a party after blowing his inheritance and all that stuff. Amen. And having a bad attitude about it. We never want to be like that. We always want to rejoice when the backslider comes back. We always want to rejoice. Yeah, but what have they been doing? I've been working hard for God. Amen. And that's what the father said when the brother said, hey, you give you this, this brother that wasted the inheritance, all this stuff. And you look at me. I've been here faithful the whole time. He said, everything I have is yours already. Why are you worried? This this your brother, he was dead and now he's alive. He was lost, now he's found. He's back in the nick of time. He's back before the... I have no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked. I want everybody to be saved. I don't care if it's 11 o'clock in the night. I don't care, it's right before sunset. Amen. Praise God. That's what I want to encourage us to believe that I don't care how far gone someone looks like it. I mean, when Gilbert called Arnold, he was basically just saying, you know what? I'm over here in my truck and I'm about ready, I feel like I'm about ready to die. Just make sure I'm buried at a certain place. And that's all I need you to do. And then Arnold said, why don't you call 911? Let's see what we can do with this. And I'm so glad he did. He's like, hey, don't give up on yourself. Hey, Amen. you got a little more running to do here. Hallelujah. I don't care if it's only three weeks. You ran in the right place and you ran in the right direction. You ran to repentance and you ran to the baptismal and you ran to prayer and you ran to faith. And God said, I'm going to give him what's right. So we have people in our lives that some people have given up on or they think they're too, too far gone. You know what? It, all, it only takes this one thing. It takes like one phone call. It takes this one situation, one thing. It's somebody that said, I don't want nothing to do with you or you and your God and all that kind of stuff for many, many years. And then all of a sudden they're ready to listen now. Praise God. It doesn't matter how far along gone it was and how long ago. Let's be open Amen for God using us to reach those kind of people. Because everybody needs God. Amen. Let's stand, would you? Revelation twenty two seventeen. I just want to close with this verse. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come.
And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Whosoever will. God didn't say, yeah, the wicked, I'm just going to give them a pass. He didn't say that. He said, if the wicked will stop their wickedness and start and, and come to me for my salvation and help and move in the right direction, I'll do everything for them. Amen. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The Spirit and the bride are saying, now the Spirit is God's Spirit. The bride is us. We need to be on God's wavelength. Amen. Hallelujah. And we need to, the bride is saying, come. And the bride is saying, hey, if anybody that hears, come. If you're thirsty, come. If you're hungry for God, come. If you need help, come. Amen. We need to be in tune with the the bridegroom, with the Spirit. Amen. And the bride say, agree together and come on down. Praise God. Praise God. Finish strong, folks. We're all in a race. Life is a race. Let's run it the way God designed us to run it. And He'll finish it with us, for us, and help us. He's the author and finisher of our faith and this race. Praise God. Amen. This altar is open if you'd like to come. If you have someone on your mind right now that... uh, you would just want to start praying for whether it's a backslider or somebody that, that that a lot of people have given up hope on. I hope that this renews your desire to put put them on the prayer burner again and and pray for that person. Amen. Because there's always hope while people are still breathing. There's always hope. Praise God. Amen. Let's praise Him. Let's worship Him this morning. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.